From creation to the flood to the patriarchs to Egypt, join me, Pastor Hook, as we go through Genesis, the backstory to the beginning. I would say that today's lesson is just not a fun lesson. I mean, I ended on Friday, was it Friday, Thursday, Friday of last week, I ended with this great story about um, about uh, Jacob reconciling with Esau. Esau could have killed Jacob, but instead they these twin brothers hugged each other and you know they're back friends, but they don't go back to uh, they don't go to back to camp together. They do split apart at this point. And uh, Jacob goes one direction, Esau goes the other direction. And that's probably wise because even though they're brothers and they love each other, they've reconciled, eh, they've kind of come into their own. They don't need to be living together. There'd be the stress of who's in charge, and that's just more stress than they want to deal with right now. So they don't do that. So Jacob goes off into one direction, and, uh, and Esau goes off into another direction. And that's kind of where we pick up the story because now we have Jacob's daughter. He's got 12 or he's got 11 sons at this point, the youngest being Joseph. And he's got one daughter. And it's, a you know, the, the one that rules the roost, the one that is, um, you know, if you've got 11 boys and one daughter, the 11 boys treat the daughter as one of the boys, but she's a girl. And, um, but one thing is that she's very special because she's the only one, right? If you've ever had a family that has many, many kids and they're all one gender except for one, that one that's the off gender is special. That's all I can say, special. They get special treatment. They get, I mean, and, and it's, it's difficult, but it's also special at the same time. So Dinah is that way. Something happens to Dinah that's just horrible. So that's where we're going to pick up the story. We're now in Genesis chapter 34, so let's just see what happens. Now Dinah, the daughter Leah had born to Jacob, went out to visit the women of the land. So um, they're in this land, and Dinah goes out to visit the women of the land. What happens? When Shechem, son of Hamor, the Hivite, the ruler of that area, saw her, he took her and he raped her. This is interesting. His heart was drawn to Dinah, daughter of Jacob. He loved the young woman and spoke tenderly to her. And Shechem said to his father, Hamor, get me this girl as my wife. I I just, I don't even know what to say about this. I mean, first of all, if you have, if your heart is drawn to a woman, you don't violate her, okay? That's not, you know, and this, this is, I guess, you know, like I said, most men don't mature in their brain until their late 20s, early 30s. Some people say they never mature in their brain. But you don't just go, if you're drawn to a woman, you just don't go and rape her, all right? That is just not what you do. And um, th- I mean, in here in the United States, uh, we have severe penalties for this. And... Uh, we also, up until the 60s, said, you, you know, this should never happen. You, oh, man, I don't even know if I want to get into this whole thing. Anyway, the, the, the basic bottom line is, is that this is wrong. It's wrong, and it's wrong thousands of years ago. It's wrong today. Um, 
because when you have sex with somebody, it sets up a whole bunch of things. First of all, you could have children, right? Anytime there's, there's sex, there's a potential for children. What do you do with those children? Um, they need to be in a stable family. If there isn't the commitment to have a stable family, then these children are at risk. And the reason why they're at risk is because if you have a mom and a dad, there's like a 90% chance that you will not, that these children will not be born in poverty. But if a woman is unmarried and has a child today, um, there is a huge chance that that child will grow up in poverty because how, how is the woman supposed to raise the child and work and bring income? I mean, it really does take a couple of people to run a household. You gotta have one person rounding the household and raising the child and you have the other one um, getting you know finances. It's just, there's a whole bunch of those things. Plus, in that time, there would be a dowry, right? You, you, woman is not taken from the family unless the family is compensated through a dowry system. And so there's a dowry that's agreed upon and then, then the marriage happens. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff. Even today, uh, when people get married, there's, there's obviously the biblical part of it and then there's the consummation of the part of it. But also there's the legal aspect of it. When you sign the marriage document, that means that there's joint custody of all possessions, that there's joint custody of the children, that uh, you know that there's legal the, there's a legal binding if the if the one if the spouse if one spouse in the marriage does something let's say today you know racks up some credit card debt the other spouse whether or not they knew about it or not is is fiscally responsible for that credit card debt I mean there is a whole legal system behind marriage today. Uh, and there were things like that at the time of Jacob also. There would have been, in order to be married, you'd present a dowry, you'd, you'd uh, basically agree upon a dowry, and then there would be a marriage, and then there'd be a marriage ceremony, and there'd be a consummation of the marriage. I mean, there's this whole process to take care of all the legal and political and you know, socioeconomic and familial, you know, all of this stuff. Like, if this guy's a king, if the dad's a king, then what happens to the children, right? Are they, do they now become royalty? And what does that mean to Jacob and his family? I mean, uh, you know, is it a competing kingdom? And all of this stuff has to be worked out beforehand. And, you know, I'm sorry, Shechem, that you think that Dinah is beautiful and that you love this young woman in your heart, but... There is a whole legal ramification to just going and knocking her up, all right? I mean, it's, it's and you didn't think, basically. And of course you didn't think, because you're young, and you're in love, and you're thinking with your pants, and you're not thinking with your brain. And so, um, this is, this is, has not changed in 4,000 years. It has not changed at all. There is still an incredible amount of ramifications to having sex today because you're, there's the potential to produce children. There's the potential 
um, to fall for somebody if you're a guy, right? There's a potential to fall for somebody with your heart and then have it fall through the cracks. And then what do you do? For guys, at least for this guy, um, me, um, when, when a man falls for a woman or you know, gives his heart to a woman, it's a pretty, pretty severe thing. And you don't, you don't want to give your heart to a whole bunch of people, right? Because each time you do, you know, it, it, it diminishes your heart, right? Um, what you want to do is to be able to give your heart 100% to, you know, to one woman. And um, that, I think, is the healthiest way for a guy to live. And I think if a guy ends up giving his heart to multiple, multiple, multiple women, that is a very um, dangerous thing for the heart for a guy. That's all I can say. Uh, and so he should have he should have gone through the proper. If he really really was in love with her, Dinah, then he should have gone through the proper procedure to protect his own heart, to protect the society that he was living in, to protect his family, to protect Dinah, to protect the children, to set up the legal structure, to create a dowry. I mean, all of these things should be taken care of before you do the act that you did, all right? And if you do the act that you did and you don't have all that set up, that's called rape. And it's true today. I mean, my goodness, we talk about so casually uh, in the movies and in society, and it came out of the 60s, right? That sex is just you know, meeting a basic physical need. No, it is not. It is 100% not. It is, it is the potential to create families. It's the potential to create legal ramifications. It's the potential to create all sorts of things that need to be taken care of before you consummate the marriage. That's why all that legal stuff happens before the consummation and then the consummation. In the Old Testament, it took a year to, to go through all the legal ramifications to create a marriage. I mean, you had to, I mean, it just didn't happen overnight. If it happened overnight, they called it rape. And the same thing is true today. You just don't casually do these things because there is so much behind the consummation of a marriage that you got to think about. And, and a lot of guys just, you know, they, they don't think about it. They get in a lot of trouble too. And, um, our society has just really gone down, I think, a very, very dangerous path by saying that sex has no legal that has no ramifications whatsoever. It does. It always does, and it always will. And people that deny that are sticking their heads in the ground and not thinking about it. Um, and I know it's glorified in Hollywood, and it's glorified in music, and it's glorified in our culture, and all that sort of thing. But it is. Um, at some level, it is a very, very dangerous game. I, I like that they call it rape. Basically, what rape is, because I have no idea what Dinah, I mean, we don't know what Dinah felt about this young man, Shechem, right? She may have loved him. I don't know. But it doesn't matter. Because Shechem violated her, and he's going to bear the brunt of the cost of all of this. If he'd have just waited, if he'd gone to his dad and said, listen, I like this woman, can you make it and arrange it? Dad could have gone to Jacob and said, my son uh, fancies your daughter, what is your price? Jacob would have gone to Dinah and said, what do you think about this guy? 
and they would have talked about it. Uh, and if she said, yeah, I like him, then they could say, here's the dowry and they could have arranged it. It could have gone along rather smoothly and quickly, but everything would have been wonderful in that culture. But instead they violated and they called it rape. And I like that term. That's what rape is. Rape is <laughs> sex without setting up all the legal and, and familial and ramifications beforehand. So um, that takes to chapter uh, verse four. Let's go on. So when Jacob heard that his daughter Dinah had been defiled, his sons were in the fields with his livestock. So he did nothing about it until they came home. And so Jacob hears about this. Jacob is at home. The sons are out working in the field. Dinah gets violated. And Jacob is like, man, this is bad, but I'll wait till the sons are in for the day and then we'll talk about it. Um, but what happens? Then Shechem's father, Hamor, this is the king, went out to talk with Jacob. Meanwhile, Jacob's sons had come in from the fields as soon as they heard what had happened. So somehow they're out in the field, Jacob and Hamor, maybe Hamor came to talk to Jacob and the sons are out in the field and they're like, who is this guy? And somebody said, oh yeah, your daughter, your sister Dinah was violated by Shechem and his dad, Hamor, is here to try to negotiate or something. I don't know. So um, when they had heard, we'll pick up in verse seven. Meanwhile, Jacob's sons had come in from the field as soon as they heard what had happened and they were shocked and they were furious because Shechem had done an outrageous thing in Israel by sleeping with Jacob's daughter, a thing that should not be done. So it is clear that this should not have been done. There is a process that should be done. The boys know this uh, and they are not happy about this and it really gets ugly. So Hamar said to them, my son Shechem has his heart set on your daughter. Please give her to him as his wife, man. How dangerous is this? Jacob could say, nope, not going to happen. Sorry. And, you know, now Shechem has given his heart. He's already violated her. I mean, he's already basically acting like he's, well, he is. The biblical definition of marriage is the consummation. So technically he's kind of married to her without all the legal and familial and all the ramifications. But more importantly, he's given his heart to her. And when you seal the deal through... Uh, consummation, it seals the heart pretty hard. I mean, it is it is a definite sealing here. Um, please give her to him as a wife. Um, intermarry with us. Give us your daughters and take our daughters for yourselves. You can settle among us. The land is open to you. Live in it, trade in it, and acquire property in it. So Hamar the king understands this is a thing that shouldn't be done. He comes to Jacob and he says, listen, we know that you Israelites like to stay within your own tribe and marry within your own tribe, but this has already happened. Marry outside of your tribe, live in the land, intermarry with us, and all will be well. Then Shechem said to Dinah's father and brothers, let me find favor in your eyes and I will give you whatever you ask. Make the price for the bride and the gift I am to bring as great as you like and I'll pay whatever you ask me. Only give me the young woman as my wife. Now he's desperate. Because he put the cart before the horse, 
he is in no position to negotiate. This is like, um, oh, what do you call it? Uh, you know, you go, you go to the, oh, this is, this is the same thing as happens when you're buying a brand new car, right? You go in there and it's like, I got my heart set on this car. My heart is set on a brand new Corvette and I have to have the brand new Corvette. So you walk into the dealership. It's like, you know, he's, he's reading you trying to figure out, okay. And he can tell pretty much quickly. Yeah. He's sold on the Corvette. I can, I can make whatever price I want and he's going to have to accept it because his heart's already set on the Corvette. Well, the same thing is true here. Shechem is like, whatever price, it is a dumb negotiating position. It's a dumb way to get rid of dad's money, the king, right? Uh, only give me the young woman as my wife. Because their sister Dinah had been defiled, Jacob's sons replied deceitfully as they spoke to Shechem and his father Hamor. They said to them, we can't do such a thing. We can't give our sister to a man who is not circumcised. That would be a degree of disgrace for us. If you'll remember, uh, the act of circumcision, cutting off the foreskin, was the covenant between God and Israel, God and, the, and Abraham. And so they're like, well, maybe this will work, but you all have to be circumcised. And it's not just Shechem. <laughs> it's like the whole town has to be circumcised. They're not going to be happy with Shechem. Let me just tell you this. I don't know what tools they had back then, but I'm sure that they were not the knives and forks and spoons that we have today. Uh, it could have been a rock that had been sharpened. I have no idea. I mean, I guess it's probably the Bronze Age. They probably had some tools, but it still is not going to be not going to be a pleasant thing. We'll go on. We will enter into agreement with you on one condition only that you become like us by circumcising all your males. Then we will give you our daughters and take your daughters for ourselves. We'll settle among you and become one people with you. But if you will not agree to be circumcised, we will take our sister and go. Their proposal seemed good to Hamor and his son Shechem, the young man who was the most honored of all his father's family. And he lost no time in doing what they said because he was delighted with Jacob's daughter. So Hamar and his son Shechem went to the gate of their city to speak to the men of their city. These men are friendly toward us, they said. Let them live in our land and trade in it. The land has plenty of room for them. We can marry their daughters and they can marry ours. But the men will agree to live with us as one people only on the condition that our males be circumcised as they themselves are. So now they go back and they say, you know, to protect this young man, Shechem, we have to circumcise them. A whole, the whole town, the whole village has to be circumcised. So what happens? Won't their livestock, their property, and all their animals become ours? So let us agree to their terms, and they will settle among us. All the men who went out of the city gate agreed with Hamar and his son Shechem, and every male in the city was circumcised. So this is a pretty high price to pay. All the men have to be circumcised. They do it because this is the prized son of the king. He, didn't what he, he did what he wasn't supposed to be doing, but it looks like it's all worked out. And 
honestly, I mean, I guess you could say that um, this is not a, a if, if Dine is agreeing to it, she's okay with it. If Shechem's agreeing to it, if everybody's agreeing to it, and the only thing they have to do, the, you know, it always has to be a price paid for sin, right? Well, the price that Jacob and his, and his sons is exuding upon Shechem and the king is that the price you have to pay is you all have to become circumcised. Then you become part of our tribe, right? You all become sons of Abraham by the fact that you become, you become circumcised. Um, so all the males were circumcised. And we'll read in 25. Three days later, while all of them were still in pain, two of Jacob's sons, Simon, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brothers, took their swords and they attacked the unsuspecting city, killing every male. They put Hamar and his son Shechem to the sword and took Dinah from Shechem's house and they left. The sons of Jacob came upon the dead bodies and looted the city where their sister had been defiled. They seized the flocks and the herds and the donkeys and everything else, which probably the women and children of theirs in the city and out in the fields. They carried off all their wealth and all their women and all their children, taking as plunder everything in the houses. So this is a pretty severe price to pay. And it sounds like they'd agreed to this. I think that Jacob and his sons were, were not, I mean, they were being very deceitful and very dishonest in this. But they were probably thinking that they're going to live without Dinah for the rest of their life, and they didn't want that. I mean, they weren't given the choice. If Shechem had come, they could have grieved, they could have talked about it, they could have set a bounty, and then Dinah would have gone off to live with them. And uh, as long as she's happy and they're happy, they would have lost their sister, but everything would have been good. But the way it happened was not the way it should happen. It was out of order. And, and there's a reason why there's an order to these things. It's to set up the safe space for everybody so that when the children are born, when the act of marriage, the consummation of the marriage happens, that all the legal and familial and all that stuff is taken care of, so that when they finally do come together in the act of marriage, we know that there's a safe and secure place for Shechem's heart. We know that there's a safe and secure place for the legal ramifications of the family that's gonna be created. And we know that there's a safe and secure place for the family itself as these children start to be born, that, it, you know, that there's a safe place for them. And all that stuff has been taken place. But no, Shechem had to just and as Jennifer and I say, all the problems of the world will be reduced if men would just keep it in their pants, but Shechem couldn't do it. So we'll continue reading. This is the end of this chapter. Then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, you have brought trouble on me by making me obnoxious to the Canaanites and the Perizzites, the people living in this land. We are few in number, and if they join forces against me and attack me, I and my household will be destroyed. But they replied, should he have treated our sister like a prostitute? Yeah, I mean, so, uh, you know, we could go on and on. Maybe we'll talk about this tomorrow. But Jacob is taking the pragmatic view of all of this. You know, he can get a little bit of a dowry. The men are circumcised. You know, it's, they're not really, 
true fathers of Abraham, you know, sons of Abraham, but it's a, it's a way to kind of make peace. Um, but the boys, they're like, no, she was defiled and we're going to fight for her because she was defiled. And, um, they were right in doing so. I mean, right. They, I mean, this was the, this is probably what the penalty should have been all along, but it does cause problems in the land because now one, people hear about it. You know, these are brutal brothers, a brutal tribe. So you don't want to necessarily mess with them. And two, maybe even more importantly, they go back on their word because there was an agreement and then they went back on the agreement. And back then, you know, the only thing you had was the honor of, of respecting an agreement. And so Jacob is, is going to be in trouble. And it's all, you know, all started with Shechem. But, you know, lies and deceit and doing things out of order always cause problems in the world. So anyway, I guess we'll leave it there. Maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow some more. But um, I think, you know, this this threat of rain, just this overcast gloominess, it's kind of nice in a way, but it also is, I, uh, you know, I need my vitamin D. I think it goes through the, the clouds, but I don't know. Anyway, so um, let's, let's close in prayer. Gracious God, give us the wisdom and the courage in your spirit to do the right things at the right time and not violate the order that you've set up. And uh, thank you for this beautiful day. I pray that it continues to be beautiful. I'd like some rain. And uh, thank you for this time together. Until we meet again, keep us in your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.